Let's put our hands together. Just celebrate Jesus. Amen. Hey, so good to see you in church. Would you turn to your left and your right and just say hello to somebody. Amen. Hello, hello, hello. Amen. We're beginning a brand new message series today entitled Financial Health. Anybody excited in here? Amen. This is a four-part message series. Today is week one and we're talking about foundations of financial health. And next week we're going to talk about living the blessed life. Week three, we're going to talk about it's all about the heart. Many people struggling with emotional issues and worry, fear, all kinds of stuff. And I want you to know that most of that is concerned, is, is, is connected to your finances. The way you think about finances will keep you up in the night or cause you to sleep and be at peace. So whatever you do, don't miss week three. Giving and finances is really all about the heart. The Bible says where your treasure is, your heart is there also. Amen. If your heart is not at peace, check what you believe concerning finances. Amen. And then week four, we're going to have a powerful guest speaker. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you an authority on the, on the topic of finances. And we're going to bring them in here. And we want them to close this message series strong. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But today we're talking about foundations of financial health. Foundations of financial health. Somebody say that with me. Foundations. And I want to add... Biblical foundations of financial health. Amen. All the points that I'm going to give you today are from the Word of God. And as we start off here, let's just, let's go to 3 John chapter 2 verse 1. 3 John chapter 2 verse 1. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may, what? Somebody say it out loud. You may, I pray that you may prosper. Turn to somebody and tell them God wants you loaded. Uh, now, this is not so that you can just go buy a Lamborghini and show off, but how many people know we need to change the world, amen? We need to take the money out of wicked people's hands and bring it in the hands of Christians and believers, because how many people know money can do a lot of things? Hallelujah. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. God wants his children to be prosperous in every area of life. Every area of life also means God wants his children to be prosperous financially. Amen. God wants you prosperous financially. We just finished a powerful and exciting message series on Shabbat. Talking about experiencing peace from the inside out. How many people are blessed by Shabbat? Amen. But let me say this to you. It is impossible to enter into a place of true rest if you're not healthy financially. Yeah. How many people know that it's, it's tough to be at total peace when you're struggling? That's a new word. Scraggling is scraping and struggling at the same time. How many people know it's tough to enter into a place of rest when that's going on? So today I'm going to give you five biblical foundations of financial health. Somebody say five. We are a Bible teaching church. And by the way, let me just say this. Today, I'm not concerned about exciting you or inspiring you. Amen. We're going to, the worship team has already inspired us. Come on, somebody. My responsibility today is to just teach you. Amen. 
I don't want to preach to you today. I want to help you. <laughs> it should be the same thing. But sometimes people just preach. I want to help you today. Amen. So I want you to be attentive. I'm not going to be getting you excited. I'm just going to stay here, stand here, and I'm going to give you point after point, precept upon precept, concept upon concept. But all these points today are coming from the Word of God. Matthew 25 from verses 14 to 30. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. It's the parable of the talents. All our five points are going to come from this scripture. How many people are ready? Ready for number one? Here we go. Matthew 25, verse 14. Matthew 25, 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Somebody say entrusted. One more time, entrusted. If you have a real Bible, please underline entrusted. Amen. How many people with a real Bible still? Anybody with a real Bible? Hey, we still have some people. But you can still do that on your iPad, right? Just highlight it into red or something. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a trip. He called together his servants and entrusted. Somebody say entrusted three times. Here we go. Entrusted. The first law, the first principle of financial health is the law of stewardship. The law of stewardship. It's the law of stewardship. The law of stewardship says that everything you have belongs to God. Everything you have belongs to God. Everything I have has been entrusted to me by God. Everything I have has been entrusted to me by God. This is where we begin this teaching of financial health. If you miss it here, you have missed it. You've got to have this disposition that everything I have belongs to God. My life belongs to God. This body here belongs to God. So I can't just look at whatever I want to look at. I can't just eat whatever I want to eat. Right? I can't just do whatever I want to do because this body belongs to God. Everything I have belongs to God. I can't just speak to my spouse however way I want to speak to her. She belongs to God. I am just a steward of my wife. God has entrusted her to me. If you get this principle, you will stop fighting with your spouse. She, she, she doesn't belong to you. She belongs to God. How are you taking care of God's property? Hallelujah. The business you have is not yours. The career you have, the education you have is not yours. God has loaned it to you for some 70 years, 90 years, maybe some of us 120. But it's a loan. It all belongs to God. I was right there when all my four kids were born. Can I tell you something? They came out naked and they were broke as broken be. They were slimy. Some of them looked like they had baking powder on them. I mean, we all come into this world broke. We come into this world with nothing. As a pastor, I get to be part of many funerals. And I've never seen a funeral procession that was followed by a U-Haul truck with their property. We come into this world naked without anything and we go out of this world without anything. Everything I have belongs to God. This is where we start. 
If you don't understand this principle, you're going to mismanage what you have. Everything I have belongs to God. Somebody say that with me. Everything. Please write this down. If you're going to have financial health, you have to acknowledge the fact that 100% of everything you have belongs to God. 100% of everything you have belongs to God. When I was a teenager, my father used to let me use his shoes. And there was this one particular shoe I loved so much. And I, I, I borrowed it and I used to wear it to school. And, and, and all my friends loved it. I would show up and I had, I had a particular kind of move that I, that I used to walk, you know, when I had those shoes on. And everybody loved them. Have you ever borrowed something from someone so much that you felt like it belonged to you? And you were upset when they asked for it back? <laughs> So I kept the shoes for like six months. And one day I came to my room and they were gone. And I remember thinking, who took my shoes? And I looked for these shoes and I found them in my father's bedroom. And I took them back and brought them to my bedroom. And he took them again. And I went to him. I said, Dad, what's up with my shoes? Gotta remember, you don't say that to an African father. He was, he was like, boy, come over here. I'm going to beat you so hard you will never taste a hamburger in your mouth ever again. I mean, he said, no, those are my shoes. And I was upset even though he took his shoes back. And this is what's happening with many people. Everything we have, our finances, our properties, they belong to God. But just because we've had this stuff for a long time, we've come to a place where we begin to think they're ours. You know, belongs to God. The reason many people are mismanaging and not stewarding what they have is they think it's theirs. Belongs to God. Somebody say it belongs to God. Please write this down. When you understand that 100% belongs to God, you will no longer have problems returning 10% to him. Hallelujah. Come on, if we're going to clap, let's do it well. <laughs> Most people are not healthy financially because they think God is trying to take stuff from them. God is not trying to take 10% from, from you. Please write the next one down. Tithing is not giving. It is simply returning what already belongs to God. Tithing is not giving. It's returning a small portion of what belongs to God. God is not after your money. He owns everything anyway. He owns you. But pastor, I'm a self-made man. I've worked so hard for my business. I've worked for so hard for what I have. Well, who gave you the strength to work hard? And while you were working hard, whose air were you breathing? Everything belongs to God. And so many people struggle to give God 10% because they're thinking God is taking my stuff. But it will be easy to give God 10% when you recognize that 100% belongs to him anyway. You're just returning back 10% to say to him, thank you for blessing me. I honor you back and I'm in covenant with you. Somebody say amen. Please write this next one down. When you understand that 100% belongs to God, you will also consult him on how you spend the 90%. Now, this is where most Christians go off balance. And I've done this many times, right? God, I hooked you up with 10%. I gave you your part. I gave you your cut. Now, this 90% here, I'm going to buy me some shoes. I'm going to get me some Adidas. 
and I'm going to get me this and this. God, I hooked you up. I gave you your cock. No, no, no. When you understand that 100% belongs to God, you consult him on even how you spend the 90. And most of us are in trouble because of how we mismanage the 90. God, what do you want me to do with this? How do I manage this? How do I budget this? What do I do with this? This is the law of stewardship. Somebody say the law of stewardship. The Bible says in Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and his fullness thereof. Everything belongs to God. Impact, can I say something to you? I want you to know that this church does not belong to Pastor Zenzo, or Pastor Michelle, Pastor Femi, Bobby, LJ. How many people know this church belongs to God? Belongs to God. But God has given all of us the responsibility to steward this church. Hallelujah. God's given us the responsibility to steward this church. This church belongs to him. If you come to this church, if you're a member of this church, or if you come here regularly, today as we begin this series, I want to encourage you to be faithful in stewarding the ministry of this church by giving faithfully. Hallelujah. Now, you know, we never push people concerning giving in this church, but we've, we've decided that at least once in a year, we will teach so that people can understand biblical giving. But I want us to know, this is not Pastor Zenzo speaking. This is the word of God. We are stewards of this church. Hallelujah. If you're not serving already, it's time to begin to serve somewhere. Help us greet somebody in the lobby. How many people are blessed by this church? Come, come on. I, I was hoping to hear a little more. How, how many people are happy that Impact Church is here? How many people would like to see Impact Church continue and grow and do many things? Well, it's your responsibility to steward the church. Your giving helps us to steward the church. Your serving, your prayers help us to steward this church. Help us take care of the kids back there in the nursery. Just, just one Sunday or two Sundays. Have you been welcomed here? How many people have loved the welcoming atmosphere in this church? Amen. Well... Help us welcome somebody else. It's your turn now to help welcome somebody else. Serve somewhere. Help us mentor the youth upstairs in the gym. Everybody should do something in the house of God because God wants us to steward his work. Somebody say amen. Are you ready for the second principle here? Here we go. Matthew 25 verse 15. He gave five bags of silver to the one. He gave five bags of silver to one. Two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver. Where am I here? There we, go, there we go. He gave five bags of silver to one. Two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Here we go. The next law is the law of merit. The law of merit. I also call this the law of distribution. The law of merit slash distribution. The law of merit. It says to one he gave five talents. To the other he gave what? Two talents. And to the other he gave one talent. Huh. Hallelujah. God gives everyone a different measure of ability. 
God gives everyone a different measure of ability. Everyone has been given different talents and abilities in order to produce success. In other words, everyone has something. This is the law of merit. This is the law of distribution. Everybody in this building right now has something. God has given you something to work with. God has given you something to create success. Somebody shout, I have something. One more time, shout it out. I have something. Please write this down. You don't get to choose what you are given, but you choose, here we go, you choose what you do with it. You don't get to choose what you're given. There's some people in this place, you are a five-talent person. Some are a two-talent person, and some are a one-talent person. And somebody's thinking, I hope I'm not just like a one-talent, a little, a little talent. <laughs> I want you to know this. One Roman talent is an equivalent to 71 pounds of gold. Somebody say, wow. Say it backwards. One Roman talent is an equivalent to 71 pounds of gold. And I checked, I checked just this morning. Gold is worth, in America, it's worth 15,000 US dollars this morning. So one talent is 71 pounds. 71 pounds times 15,000 is 1,065,000 US dollars. Somebody say, wow. So please don't feel sorry for the guy who got one talent. He was given, if it was today, somebody just imagine somebody giving you $1 million. Hallelujah. If somebody gave me a million dollars today, listen, Bobby, I won't be preaching here next Sunday. I'm kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> just imagine somebody gave you a million dollars. Wow. Which means the guy who got two was given $2 million. 130,000 US dollars. The guy who had five was given 5,325,000. This dude is smart. 325,000 US dollars. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to say to you is God has given you something. And somebody in this room is saying, but I don't have million, millions of dollars. What I'm trying to say to you is God has given you a million dollar idea right now. God's given you strategy. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8, 18, I believe, it's God who gives you power. Here we go. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Gives you power. Right now, you have a million dollar idea inside of you. You have something. There's a lady who's on Shark Tank. Her name, her name is Barbara Cochran. She was a waitress in New York. She started saving some of our waitressing money and invested that into real estate and then reinvested that into another business and today she's a millionaire. Yeah. Multi-millionaire. And then there's another guy called Master P. He's a hip-hop artist. When his uncle died, they gave him $10,000. He took that money, invested it in music, then reinvested it in real estate, then reinvested it into a clothing line and today he's also a multi-millionaire. This is the law of merit. This is the law of distribution. God has given you a strategy right now. Somebody say amen. You have a million dollar strategy right now. Please write this down. God never hands you success. 
He only gives you strategy to produce success. Which means you don't have a money problem. You don't have a success problem. You only have a strategy problem. You only have a strategy problem. Because God has already given you strategy. Now, your responsibility is to find that strategy. Find that mission. What has God called you to do? What is that thing that God has destroyed? Distributed into you. For Tiger Woods, it's golfing. For Michael Jordan, it's basketball. For Auntie Oprah Winfrey, it's media. For Warren Buffett, it's finances. For Bill Gates, it's computers. For Pastor Zenzo, it's leadership. What is yours? God has given you something. Everybody in this room has something. To one he gave five, the other he gave two, the other he gave one. God has given you something. Everybody in this room has something. Stay consistent. Find that one thing. Stay consistent. Stay at it. Keep pushing. The problem that's happening with most people is one day you wake up and you're trying to be a medical doctor. The next day you're trying to play drums. The other day you're trying to do golfing. And the other day you're trying to do something else. Stick to one thing. What has God given you? Focus on the thing that God has given you. Because everybody in this room has been given something. Somebody shout hallelujah. Let's go to the next one. Number three. You guys ready for number three? Here we go. Matthew 25. Matthew 25. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went, also went and... Also went to work. There we go. I got so many lights here. Gotta, we got to slow down that light right there. It's blinding me. I'll read here. Here we go. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work. Go back to the first part. Here we go. The servant who received five bags of silver began to what? Begun to? Begun to invest the money and earn five more. Next scripture. The servant with two bags of silver also, what? It should say also invested. What I want you to see is that God is using the words invest and work interchangeably. Which means you're not really working unless you're investing. Hallelujah. If, you, if you're working and getting your money and not reinvesting it, you're not working according to God's way. Is somebody getting something out of this? Please write this down. Investment is God's only idea of work. In other words, God does not see you as someone who's working unless you're investing. Look at what God did. The Bible says God worked for six days. And then he rested on the seventh day and he never had to go back to work again. You know why? Because God put seed in everything that he created. He invested seed. He created two people only. Fast forward 4.5 billion years later, there's 7 billion people and God has never had to lift up a finger and create another person. He's never. He's never had to do that because God's idea of work is investing. Hallelujah. Please don't pick up a job just to get a paycheck. 
Is that job investing back into you? Are you learning something there? Please write this down. You should not be working to make a paycheck, but working to invest into your next level. Hallelujah. Which means if you have a nine to five, right, it's time to take some of that money and invest it somewhere else. Whether it's real estate, invest it somewhere else. Don't just spend it. Or start a business, something. Don't just work a nine to five. If all you have is that job, you're going to become a slave to that job. That job is going to tell you when you get up. It's going to tell you when to go to sleep. It's going to tell you what city you can live in and what city you can't live in. It's going to tell you what you do. You're going to become a slave to that job. Everybody in this room should believe God for seven financial streams. <laughs> Hallelujah. Take what you have. Hallelujah. And, and, and don't just buy clothes and food. Take what you have and invest it somewhere else. Can I speak to some young people in this place? I am concerned as a pastor because we're in a generation where most young people are spending all they have on food and fashion. Just to take a picture on Instagram. Can I say something to you? Some of the jobs we have right now don't work when you're in your 50s. Can I help you out here? It's not going to feel good to be pushing a shopping cart when you're in your 50s and your wife has babies at home. So what you need to do is that money you're spending on food and sneakers now, take that money and reinvest it. Get a second degree. Get a first degree. Learn how to massage. Do something. Learn a skill. Get something so that five years from today, you can make six digits and now you can, you can afford the Lamborghini. But, but you're eating your food. You're eating your seed. What God is giving you now is not bread. It's seed. You have to know the difference between bread and seed. Hallelujah. Begin to invest. Take a little bit of that. If Barbara Cochran could take money from waitressing tips and invest into real estate. Come on, as believers, God's going to give you something in the name of Jesus. This is the law of investment. Somebody shout hallelujah. God, I declare witty ideas right now in the name of Jesus. I declare innovations in this place in the name of Jesus. I declare business ideas in the name of Jesus. I declare a spirit of discipline in the name of Jesus. That the people of this house will be those that are wise. The one who had five invested and got five more. The one who had two invested and got two more. And then there was one more who had one. He had a million dollars and he hid it in the ground. He didn't invest it. He didn't invest it. Let's go to the next one. Hallelujah. Father, teach us how to invest. Where are we? Number what? Number four? Matthew 25, verse 19. After a long time, the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account. Somebody say an account. To give an account of how they had used his money. This is the law of accountability. It's the law of accountability. Hallelujah. It's the law of accountability. God expects me to have financial accountability. And God is going to audit me one day. Did you know that there are two kinds of judgments? On judgment day, God is going to judge you based on whether you had Jesus or not. And then after that, 
he's going to hold you accountable to how you use what he gave you. Yeah. Hallelujah. So this is the law of accountability. It's the law of accountability. The master came back and he asked them, what did you do with what I gave you? Luke 16, 11. If you have not been faithful with the riches of this world, who will trust you with true riches? If you do not have someone you... If you do not have someone you are accountable to financially, you are planning to fail. Here we go. If you do not have someone you are accountable to financially, you are planning to fail financially. Do you have someone in your life who can look into your finances and, and guide you? Please write this down today. Find someone who can look into your finances and help guide you. If you truly believe that everything you have belongs to God, then it's worth having somebody else look into your finances and guide you. It's the law of accountability. Create a financial vision every year. What are you trying to accomplish this year? You know, it is very sad because it is said that 70% of Americans don't even have a budget. In other words, when you're, when you're buying that lunch on Monday, you don't know what account you're taking that from. 70%. We're planning to fail. Impact, I want to take a moment here and just say a few things to you. I'm so glad. Here at Impact Church, we have a board of financial trustees to hold us accountable. Somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah. We have four people who look into everything that we do here financially. Impact, I want you to know that after service, my wife and I don't take your money home and start counting it on our bed. We don't touch that money. It's sacred to God. It's counted here by two people every time, and it's taken straight to the bank. And we have four people that look into it. They get a report, and they advise us on how to spend this money. How many people know that's a good thing? Hallelujah. And Impact, I've got some news. I hope somebody gets excited in this place. Impact Church is 100% debt-free. Amen. We don't owe anybody money. Now, I hope somebody really gets excited here. We're a church of two years, Impact Church. We're going to be three very soon. But we have reserves in the hundreds of thousands. Somebody didn't celebrate in this place. Hallelujah. Because we're faithful with God's finances. We operate on a budget. And here's our budget. We operate on 35, 35, 2010. 35, 35, 2010. The first 35% goes towards facilities, and the second 35% goes towards salaries, and the 20% goes towards ministries, and the last 10% is sacred. We will not pay a bill with that 10%. It goes back into missions, and we give it. We give it to missions. Somebody say amen. amen. Facilities, salaries, ministries, and tithe. And let me tell you this. This amount, this 35% that we're supposed to spend on facilities, we actually don't maximize it because the overheads here are very low. Somebody said that's a good thing. We're not using up the whole thing. And even salaries, we don't maximize that 35%. Half of my salary, we, we are very frugal, by the way, so we don't, we don't go beyond, amen. And, and half of my salary is actually covered by other churches that support us because we wanted to be wise. So we don't maximize that 35%. We use up a good chunk of this because all this good stuff you see, we invest in ministry. Somebody say hallelujah. And then we have 10% that, that is sacred, sacred. 
We will not pay a bill. We will not do anything. Because many churches ask their people to tithe. And yet the church doesn't tithe. So we want a blessing to be on this ministry. So Impact, you are part of a blessed ministry because you are part of a tithing church. Come on, I need somebody to celebrate a little more in this place. There's a blessing on this house. No wonder there's growth. No wonder God is doing amazing things in this place. And let me submit to you as a pastor, I tithe as well. Hallelujah. And because of that, I'm excited to announce that this month, we're going to invite the mayor of Medford and we are sowing a generous seed of $10,000 to the school systems of Medford. We're going we're gonna to feed kids with lunch and support the teachers. Come on, somebody celebrate in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, why are we able to do that? Can you imagine? We're going to go to the mayor and say, here's $10,000. All the kids that don't have lunches, we want to feed them. Come on, somebody. And all the teachers that don't have supplies, here is to their account. Come on, somebody. This is what the church is supposed to do. Please write this down. Excellent financial management accelerates vision. Excellent financial management accelerates vision. We are able to do this because we manage our finances. We apply the law of stewardship. Go back home and do the same. If your rent is more than 35%, if your mortgage is more than 35%, you're living above your means. Hallelujah. Living above your means. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lost my trend of thought there. This is good stuff. Let me just take a moment right there. Come on. Two years old and we're going to give $10,000 to the mayor. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And that's just the beginning. And by the way, that's not everything to our 10%. A church this size, amen. We're believing God for buildings. We're believing God to do great things. And by the way, here's the greatest thing. Because of managing our finances well, 10 people are saved in this church every single Sunday. Come on. Lives are being changed. Lives are being healed. People are being ministered to. Come on, somebody celebrate in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, we worship you. Father, we bless you. We thank you for more souls that are going to be saved in the name of Jesus. This is what it's all about. Amen. Are you ready for the final one? And it's the law of harvest. It's the law of harvest. It says the one who had five invested and got five more. The one who had two invested and got two more. And the one who had one didn't do anything with it. And guess what he's saying? He started blaming the master. And that's what people always do. He turned it around and he started giving excuses. He says, you're not a good person. You're not a good master. Excuses. And he said, I feared, I feared, I feared. And fear will stop you from investing what God has given you. Are you a singer? The the enemy will tell you no one would ever want to listen to you. If God gives you an idea to write a book, the enemy will tell you no one will ever want to read that book. Fear, fear. And here's what's crazy. (laughs) They say, take the one talent, take the one million dollars from the guy who didn't invest it and give it to who? The one with 10 million. He started with five. Now he has 10 million. But but shouldn't the guy with 10 million share with the guy (laughs) who didn't do anything with it? No. He said, take that one from him and give it to the one with 10. 
This is the law of harvest. God is not after your money. He's trying to bless you. He's trying to bless you. Please stand if you can. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, I can't wait until we start a Wednesday service in the future. Because I would like to teach this for two hours. <laughs> that would be crazy. A little too much. But maybe an hour, right? I'd like to break this down for an hour. Amen. Well, you can double dip today if you want. Look at this service, this amazing first service. If you want, you can stay for the next one. I believe the anointing is going to increase. Bobby said it today. Amen. It's just going to be more fire. But I believe that God is calling somebody in this place to be a person who's investing into the kingdom of God. Listen, if you're visiting today, please don't feel compelled to give. Please visit. Come, relax. We're doing all this for you. Enjoy. Because sometimes people say churches just want money. No, that's not what we want. Come hang out, check things out. But if you are a member of this church, if you are blessed here, if you come here regularly and, and, and you're not involved in tithing yet, if, if your family is blessed here, your children are blessed here, I want to ask you today to become a good steward. Begin to steward. And, and don't just give, begin to serve as well. And don't just serve, begin to give as well. Let's steward what God is doing here. Because God wants to bless you. He wants to give you a harvest in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that there's going to be millionaires that are going to be birthed out of this house to change the world. People that will build hospitals in the name of Jesus. Build hospitals in Africa. Build hospitals in Brazil. Build hospitals in, in Latin America. I prophesy that there are people in this place that will feed hungry children and do great things because they learn how to invest into the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday. Okay? <laughs>